speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! I can just hear mine outside, and that's where the window closed. It's nice, uh, nice tropical weather that we're having, guys. Oh, it's definitely yeah. about that far off Ted caravan if the weather's like this all weekend. Definitely changed since last week. <laughs> just think, guys, we potentially could be stuck in a caravan with no pubs on. Nay shops open to buy a drink, nay footballing, and just your company purely because old Lizzie's popped it. Should there be some like more amateur fucking Fife game we could go watch and heckle our music? Well, I, the I didn't mention that we were in Fife. Fucking hell. The good thing is, obviously, we're all not that far away. You, you, you imagine, say, we're going to a caravan park in bloody Middlesbrough or something. Because right. at least you're an hour away from home, so like if you're. Like, if there's none to do that, like, I'll be coming home. One way or another. Middlesbrough. I just caught a random place. That's depressing even when there's stuff today. Never mind when there's none today. Zandal Boy is like the worst place to live in the whole UK. This is where Burnsy wants to go on these holidays. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who's from Middlesbrough, but I'm sure you don't have, like, data to be listening to us anyway. That's what Flappy says. That's his all. Well, guys, we are um, recording um, just after some really sad and tragic news that's happened uh, today. Oh, you've not done this to us. You're not going to make us talk about this, are you? (laughs) What has happened, guys? Queen's Deed. (laughs) Queen's Deed. There's a headline for you. Well, I just think it makes a very, very appropriate discussion when we're going to start then talking about fantasy movies and the the, the Queen's a big fantasy to herself, isn't she? Um, I don't understand what you're getting. Not there. Is she a lizard? Is that the thing? Is she a lizard? There's some conspiracies about them, isn't there? The royal family live this... uh, um, fa- fantasy life, but I-, I feel like I'm not getting the bite that I'm wanting off you guys. So let's just start talking about the movies that we have got uh, got coming up. Um, I was hoping that somebody would at least find themselves under the under the bus there, be start slating off the royal family. But it just sounds like it's only me that's going to be doing it. Exactly. No, we just keep that for the group chat. <laughs> right, but we do have some Sanzu section in the middle today. Between <laughs> yes, we'll do a did he or did he? Then did he or did he? That's the two options. <laughs> A two-head coin, that one. <laughs> anyway, um, we are a, a member down once again. That will be two weeks in a row that Sean has decided not to join us. What do we think he's doing tonight, guys, if he was at Kevin Bridges last week? Still not um, over, probably. It's been quite rough the day after that, so... Still coming. Sad. <laughs> Let's um, let's just put it down that he's in mourning. That's what he is. He's in mourning yeah. for uh, for the Queen, and he's decided that's, to take the right off. That's true, actually. Loyalist, loyalist, as our Sean. Sean's well known for his love of the Queen, so I think he'll be taking this difficult, taking it hard. Well, Sean, our thought, our thoughts are with you, mate. Our thoughts are with you. Uh, the two movies that we are going to be talking about this week are Life of Pi and Fantasia. I think the the safe bet to keep you listening is to start off with Life of Pi. Uh, this group of lads is not not the best known for enjoying a little bit of fantasy, uh, as we've seen with previous movies that have come up in here. There, the level of imagination is um, is not there for some people. But I think a good place to start would be start off with Sean's review this time. So Sean has said Life of Pi. Um, felt this was really slow and drawn out. Obviously, I've not read the book. We're not too sure if he can read based on his spelling here. Um, so I'd imagine there's be there will be loads missing. Probably best left alone as a book. 
Visually, it looked good for the most part, considering it's a boy in a boat with a tiger, a zebra and an orangutan, although the whale scene felt pretty cartoony. Wasn't particularly excited about this, but it was def okay. Um, wouldn't go back. It's uh, go back to this in a rush. It's a one and done for me. Fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. Just on the book before that becomes a question later. I read the book maybe ten years ago, and there's nothing missing. Everything from the book's in this pretty much. It is just the book on screen. Um, so if you're looking for any extra little bits of info, um, there isn't any. That's it. <laughs> fair play, fair play. This is this is one of these movies that I've wanted to watch for years. Um, and so many people will tell you how amazing it is and how visually stunning it is. But there's just always been something that I've kind of like kept myself away from watching it. Um, and I'm actually gutted it's taken me so long to watch it. I, I was so invested in this film, probably right for the start. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I like I liked how visually stunning it was and the more it goes on, the more ridiculous it gets because you, you see that it within his memory or within his mind what he thinks is going on or what he's interpreting it as. I thought it was really interesting. I think it was well done how it goes back and forth from um, Pi and now nowadays versus what what actually happened to him i like the, the the whole thing around about the school about his name i thought that was quite funny and quite interesting i did think the being able to recite every fucking digit of pi was a bit ridiculous but that's only because i'm thick as fuck and i struggle to remember actually it was the first three numbers never mind the rest um 3.14 oh, i know I, I genuinely nearly said 316 there <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin just stand up there writing out all these numbers. You would just stun the bucket in the water. That'd be it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be honest, like me, Jack. It's just the, the pie symbol that's on his jacket. <laughs> I was just them go to the classroom, just going what, and he just puts the next number up. Then <laughs> a broken skull. Then a broken skull session. It's called broken pie session. <laughs> <laughs> the life of Stone Cold Steve Austin is just a boat with a tiger and a orangutan. <laughs> there's no deal like me TV shows like that. There's no got TV shows similar to that. No, have I just made that up? No, they do used to have like a like the Skull Ranch, but it was like a endurance course type thing where folk would come. It'd be like a contest, like almost like Total Wipeout or like right. the Middleton survival shows, but it'd be folk coming like dicks. A miniature strongest man competition at the Broken Skull Ranch. You just be standing there with a can of beer. Aye, that's what it was. Like you would just get people doing this like intense assault course, essentially, with Stone Cold Steve Austin running alongside them, just like shouting stuff at them, like "Fucking do it, you son of a bitch!" Like, <laughs> Stone Cold, who's who's never been able to run in his whole career because his knees have always been fucked. Just screaming at folk. <laughs> his knees are fucked. At the end, they've always had to climb a big rope. Uh, right to the top and like ring a bell or whatever. Can you imagine trying to do that? Like you're so fucked, like you're knackered and Stone Cold Steve Austin is down the bottom just like sh shouting at you to get to the top. Funny man. <laughs> just, uh, just as we're in the middle of talking about something that's absolutely nothing to do with this movie, who remembers Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV? Yes. Loved no. it. That's what instantly popped into my mind there as you started talking about like Stone Cold. I just pictured him as a little fucking cartoon figure in the Celebrity Deathmatch. Brilliant. I, I, I thought that was amazing in Celebrity Deathmatch. I would uh, I would love to see whenever one came up that I'd never seen before, I would get buzzing so I guess who was going to win and all that. <laughs> fucking Britney Spears fucking zipping Christina Aguilera's heat off and stuff like that. Great stuff. I, just, I don't know why that popped in my head there, but no, really enjoyed it. Uh, let's hear the thoughts of uh, our own, very own resident Bengal Tiger. <laughs> um... Yeah, I've not got much imagination. As you were obviously one of those that I was, you were pointing your um, comment at earlier, Kyle. So going into this week, I think when it came up in the wheel, I was quite disgusted that we're going to have to watch two films with fantasy. So um, yeah, it's like a, it has sort of good points that you've that you've you and Sean have already touched that in terms of visual. It's good. The flashbacks are good. You're kind of quite interested to an extent to see what is in his mind and what he remembers and what's uh, 
fantasy and all that stuff. Um, the story itself didn't really interest me. Um, I think at the beginning, I was quite invested in it when his family were all there. and But when they all sort of die, it, the trials and tribulations that it has, they just kind of, I just felt it was really long. I know it was only two hours, but it just seemed to go, it, it just seemed to go far too long for me to keep my, my interest there. Um, as you mentioned, like I did quite like it when the Bengal Tiger was on the screen. That that was quite a <laughs> quite a good point for me. It reminded me of myself just appearing for nowhere. Um, <laughs> but I did I don't know, I did sort of keep losing my place at points as well, just because I it's also the genre that's a problem for me. That when I watch fantasy films, then I'm just not going to be going to the screen. I keep on zoning in and out, so. It's difficult for me. I'm going. Obviously, I'm not going to give it a high score, and then it's it's kind of one of those where I can understand that I've said before what people may enjoy, but my scores are going to be based on enjoyment. So if you don't like it, you know what you can do. <laughs> Fucking strong words for a Bengal tiger there, the Daniel. Let's Bengal tiger. Oh, sorry. A girl from the Bengal tiger at the end. Was <laughs> <laughs> a girl like. Are uh, you coming to me, Kyle? Yep. Um, I, so I'd read the book, right? So when I, that, that, it's not often that a book becomes quite a sort of mainstream pop culture thing. I was like, oh, you should read that book. That's out, especially for just like a fiction novel. But about maybe 10, whatever, it was only about 10 years ago, um, a couple of my mates said, oh, you should read Life of Pi. And they always made a big deal about saying, I'm not going to tell you what it's actually about. Right. And so although on the surface is about a guy being in a boat with a tiger, the fact that we picked up a fantasy week sort of done what happened to me with the book. It's sort of, you're sort of already knowing that it's not all real. And I do think that this I'm not sure how much you would have known about this, Kyle, because uh, you said you've sort of avoided it and that, but I think enjoying this definitely relies on the moment where you figure out that the tiger's actually him. Has been a big revelation. I think that mm-hmm. that needs to be like a big shocking moment for you to think mm-hmm. this is amazing. And um, whereas yeah. for me, it's sort of okay. It's kind of obvious as it goes. And the worst thing, like when you read the book, it's more obvious because it's like slower as you go through it. So maybe about sixty percent way the way through the book, I was like, oh, like okay, these aren't actually animals. These are people, and it's all just in his head. And this is how he's coping with it. So once you know that and you start to look at it differently, so I found it quite interesting when I went to see it at the cinema because I knew the story and I thought, how are they going to make this interesting? But I think what they've done is put all of it into the visual impact of it because it does look it does look incredible, to be fair. Um, I think even now, how old is this? Maybe what well, must be about six or seven years old. Um, even older than that, surely. It's ten years. That. Ten years, so God, I must have read the book maybe. 12, 13 years ago then. Um, aye, so it does look great, especially since it's 10 years old. I watched it on the big giant TV, and that does make a difference. I think if you were to watch this on a laptop um, or on a smaller device, it's not going to have the same impact. I do think it needs like quite a big screen feel to it to keep you interested, because ultimately, him sitting on the wee raft and doing all the shit and counting these, how many fucking crackers he's got and all that sort of stuff isn't all that exciting. It sort of it drifts along, and then you get these little wee moments where, like the flying fish landing in the boat, it's like a little bit of hope that he gets, and then he's about to be give up, and then something else happens, and he's got a bit of hope, and then and then it goes in this sort of cycle of almost giving up, and then getting a bit of hope back, and I think the underlying message is supposed to be about religion, and like faith, and keeping having faith, and that's what will get you through it, and give you all this hope, and. I feel like that they try, they don't do enough with that. So they do a lot of the style about all oh, these different religions and he talks about it a little bit at the end. But either mm-hmm. I lean all the way into that and basically say that God saved them, or you don't mention it at all and just make it all about this fantasy in the boat. I feel like the movie didn't maybe you could have cut all that out from the book and made it a better movie. Because 
ultimately at the start, who really cares about the him sitting down the table having breakfast and saying, I'm a Christian and a Muslim and a Hindu? Like, it, it didn't matter. None of it mattered. Um, so I don't know, I just felt like it was a bit wasted. What did you think, Kyle? On that point there, um, I, I weirdly really enjoyed the bit when he was like fluttering between the different religions and he was trying to understand who he was and what he was. Because what I thought was the interesting about it is the, the preconception that he could only have one. You're not allowed anymore. You have to just know this. You just have to do that. And there were so many rules, and he wanted to test those rules as a young kid because he didn't know what he was. And I just think it's a, a, a that was quite an impactful thing of the the, the thought process of like, but but why should he just have to go in that one religion because that's where he's from? Why can't he just look at other things and be accepted by his family? But then his dad makes it very much a big like he's going to be disciplined because he's because he's looking at other things or he's not being a he's not being a man and he doesn't learn these things. It was just a, I thought it was quite an interesting way that the movie was going. Yeah, I mean, well, especially when I read it, I'd, it feels a wee bit like it's an anti-atheist movie. Basically, as long as you believe in some sort of religion, it's sound. But it's if you don't believe in any of them, that's when there's an issue. If you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of the underlying message of the whole religious aspect because it doesn't matter if you're Hindu or Muslim or Christian or Jewish or all of them together as long as you believe in something um, and if you don't you're just like his dad who's a cunt um, <laughs> which I don't know it doesn't, it doesn't quite land for me I think if you are someone who's quite spiritual and religious this would land a lot better because that's the main theme about it is like having faith and all this sort of stuff but a handful of moments that I do like I think an underrated part in this is Gerard Dupardieu as the chef, who's barely in it, um, and you only really get to see him in a couple of scenes. But see later on, like an hour later in the movie, when he describes that the hyena was actually the spoilers, folks. By the way, for anyone listening, <laughs> um, that the hyena was actually the chef. It made sense. They did a good enough. He did a good enough job in like a couple of minutes of screen time to make you believe that he was an evil, horrible cunt that would do all these things, and. That's something that I thought he did a fantastic job in because I thought when they did the movie, they would have spent a lot of time building up his character that seemed quite horrible, but you just get that couple of scenes and you get enough of it and you know. But, um, the, uh, that, it's a, on you go. I was going to say, that it's quite interesting. So I'll, I'll be totally honest. So see when it hit, my stage of realising that those animals were people were, was so late, so late to the point where I think they actually mentioned it before it clicked for me that, fuck, that was actually the cook and that was such and such because I was just so sucked in with what was going on in the movie. Um, and it's probably probably a big, <laughs> a big thumbs up to the film in that aspect. I, I was so sucked into it that it didn't even cross my mind to start thinking about what else it could be. And I think that's a good thing. Like, like I said at the start, I think you need that to enjoy this. Uh, I'd imagine you're probably going to score this a lot higher than Burnsy because you had that investment in it. Um, mm -hmm. If it doesn't grab you, then you're never going to really care much about it. The one bit, I felt this both with the book and the movie, right? And I'm in, I've not looked it up because I thought this might come up in some trivia, right? Because there must be something, everything's symbolic, right? The tiger, the hyena, the chimpanzee mum, it's all symbolic, right? What I don't get is the cannibalistic island that was eating people and animals or whatever, and they had to get off it. But it's... Literally just thinking the same thing there, and I don't think I came across it in the trivia. Like, what was that meant to symbolise? That is the one thing that does fool me. I don't know yeah. if that's meant to be the sea itself, possibly. I, I really, I, I don't know. If, did he start to, is that symbolising him eating the other passengers eventually? Like eating the bodies, and he's a cannibal, and all that was left of them was a, I don't know. I, I've I've never quite understood it. I think that's very open to perception. But would the movie have suffered if you just ditched that bit? I think you could have cut that all out, and it would have made no difference to the film. Um, it just felt like a bit of a waste, a bit of a side plot for for, for nowhere. But I know it's overall. It's an enjoyable experience. Um, you were talking about being sad earlier on. Did anyone else get quite sad when Richard Parker was off, couldn't get back on the boat, or he was trying really hard to get back on the boat? I, I was honestly like, itching at that point. I'm like, fucking hurry up, man. Like, why is this waiting night time before he's got back on? 
as he's building this fucking raft. But then again, like, because again, I'm still thinking this is a, this is an angle tiger. Because I'm like, get your hands around there and pull it up. But you're you're actually fucking petrified at that point. It was when it it's when it's wee face is just peeking up at him and it's like soaking wet and it's panicking yeah. and it kind of get out. I was uh, getting a wee bit teary. Same. We Richard, poor Richard Parker. Um, I actually went to see this at the cinema initially with a, with an ex, like with a girl, and they started bursting out crying when Richard Parker was, he thought he was going to die. Turns out he's a pigment of your imagination, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, and, um, but then you think about it, that, that's been pie that's been stuck outside yeah. the boat, unable to get back in, and then... And to get back in, he had to release his inner tiger to fight enough to, to make it. Because he's not got that in him naturally, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I think I'm actually convincing myself to up my score the more I talk about this. What did you think on that? See, for me, I I think I should have said not that's not being a first time viewing. Knowing what's coming at the end, it does take away a lot from it. And I think going back and watching some of what you said, Kyle, I enjoyed the. I think all oh, I think I could remember from it was the ending. And going back and watching it, I enjoyed the build-up again of his life story. But I mm-hmm. think the fact of from when you, you it's, it takes away, I think this is obviously why you know it's he's just fucking talking lies and as an experienced liar, I am aware of this. But during the main body of the film, when he's out at sea, there's no more flashbacks. I think that's to say that that isn't real life, essentially. And the other bits are always it's go back to him when he's speaking to the writer and so as you see you get that at the start and you get it at the end when he tells the true story of what happened, but you don't get it during that main body of the film. I think that's obviously another clear sign of what's real and what's not in this film. Um but again, somewhat what you've said, Daniel, the visuals are great, even like some of the as you say, we do on the, the carnivorous island like whether it's all lit up and whatever else. I mean, it does look stunning, um, but again, I just did have a think there about what the carnivorous island could be, and I just wondered if that was maybe humanity itself. Obviously, you see it's overpopulated. I don't know, they've just picked meerkats, I don't know, maybe as the oh. thing of choice, and then it's turning in and eating itself, and everything that's coming in is dying at night. So I don't know if that's possibly what it could be. I just had that random thought there and now. Just as I've uh, been doing a little bit of Googling in the background there, it says, the island represents a life without God. In the island, just like in life, there is a society, there are food, there's shelter, but at the end, everything will be taken back, meaning your existence is meaningless. Uh, okay, my, my score's coming back down. <laughs> Sc- scrap that, keep your score high, Daniel. Keep your score high. That had nothing to do with the movie, that was just an afterthought. I like Hunter's better. Hunter's idea is much better. Ah, there we go. See, just take the legend out of it and everything's much better. I think it's the story for this film. Just clip that and put that around everywhere in the world. (laughs) But again, and I think because of obviously not being a first-time viewing, and I think it does lose that, as I've said, it loses that wild factor. But then also, I think I didn't anywhere near enjoy this as much as what Maybe people do, people, I don't know what it is. It's one of those things, I think many people, it will be a one and done for some people. And because they've maybe only seen it once and they've still got that feeling of when they watched it or how they remember it, that it will score high for some people. And then also with people of faith, as what Daniel said as well, they will score high as well. But I think for me, I just, I think, as I said, it loses so much of a wow factor. And I don't even know what I would have scored that, had you asked me for my score beforehand, but I know it's definitely, I'd imagine I've talked a fair bit since then. What, yeah. type of, what type of trivia do you have for this one, Hunter? I do have some, yes. So for this life of pie, as he goes to the list. So um, <laughs> Toby Maguire um, was originally cast as the writer. However, Ang Lee thought Maguire was too famous for such a small role and would have been distracting. Um, so the winter days that Pi is on the lifeboat is 227 and a good approximate for the number of Pi is 22 divided by 7. Oh. 
the first movie in seven years to receive the Oscar for Best Director without winning the Oscar for Best Motion Picture. The previous movie for that was um, Brokeback Mountain, which was also directed by Ang Lee. That's interesting. Yep. So, uh, did, which one? Did, so, it won Best Director but didn't win Best Picture? Yep, both times. Wow. Um, the only Best Picture Oscar nominee that, that year that was not nominated in any of the acting categories. Now, if you ask me, definitely some racial undertones from the Oscar nominee people. Uh, if this was, uh, if this was, I don't know, if, was, if this was Leo DiCaprio stuck in a boat. I know. Seven days. This is Oscar fucking bait. Like, <laughs> no, even Leo DiCaprio, you could have put James Franco on a boat for the 27 days and he'd have still got an Oscar for it. Yeah. Have you seen the, do you know who won the Oscar best picture for that year? What year was it? 2012 or 13. 2013 awards. Is that the one where it was a silent black and white movie about the dog? No. Okay. So this was in the same year as Les Mis, Django, Lincoln, Zero Dark Thirty, Burns' favourite Silver Lining Playbook. But the winner was Argo. Uh, I'll go and fuck off with that. No one remembers that movie. It's got, it must be one of the worst Best Picture winners because no one fucking watches it or cares about it. I don't think I've seen it. Or I may have. I'm not sure. Forgetful. That's what it is. Tells you a lot, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, final piece of trivia for this evening. Uh, so, no, it's not because we still have another film review. <laughs> <laughs> Was um, after Pie is rescued and is being interviewed by the Japanese insurance men, they say that bananas don't float, where in fact bananas are less dense than water and do in fact float. So there's a fun science experiment if you want to go try that this evening, people, or whenever, whatever time of the day you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Just go stick a big bunch of bananas in the water. Right. <laughs> Just in the Clyde. Go for it. The Clyde or the fourth, or going the fourth and Clyde Canal, whatever floats your boat, or beat your banana. Whatever floats your banana. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Banana whatever floats your banana. Fucking hell, guys. There's proper dad jokes here at Central here, eh? Let's get to, let's get to the scoring. Burnsy, you seem to have loving this movie. Let's just kick off with the scoring. Um, I'm going to give a... A one. Oh. <laughs> a one. Sean's giving it a two. Hunter? Uh, slightly higher, 2.25. 0.25. Daniel? Slightly higher again, 2.75, which has been my last three scores in a row. <laughs> Good memory. And there's just no thinking this through at all, is it? I'm going to give it a solid 4.25. <laughs> But that's fair. I think this is one of those movies that can do that. Like, I can def- I can definitely understand why you would love it. Like, definitely. I, um, this to me seems like a movie I could probably go back and watch today. Sorry, I, I was laughing though. It was more because I was laughing at the difference in scores, not laughing at your score. It was more just how well it is that you get one person that hates it and one person that like loves it. Man laughing at score found. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just don't want the stick on Instagram for when it inevitably comes. That's it. I'm ready for it. Come at me. Uh-huh. Come at me, bitch. <laughs> What's that done to the score overall? Oh shit, I forgot about that. Uh, 2.45. 2.45. Guys, I'll put the same question back out to you that we've done previously. Tell me the movies that that matches up to. Uh, we have one specific movie that has got the exact same score as this one. Back to the Future. Well, uh, back to the Future 2. You're going Back to the Future 2? I'm going to go with The Conjuring. <laughs> Say it properly, Daniel. The Conjuring. You're close with The Conjuring, which is 2.30. Now, at 2.45, this is joint 102nd with Prisoners. That's fair, can't remember that film either. You loved it, Bunsy. That was the one where the um, where Wolverine and the wee guy that kidnapped his daughter. 
Hugh Jackman, I mean, not actual Wolverine. <laughs> no lost. That would have been a much better film. <laughs> Let's not spend time trying to explain movies that Bunsy's already seen. We can leave that up to him there. But that does uh, does bring us into a 2.45 for the scoring for it. Um, before we move on to our, uh, our next movie, which is Fantasia, I wanted to discuss a little topic, guys. Um, movies that are visually stunning... But fucking garbage to watch. Life of Life of There's probably lots of these. I think Titanic looks amazing. Like it looks brilliant. Like see, like the scene where the, the boat tips up and all that, and it, they all fall down. But it's a shite film. That got, that came up in the comments earlier on for some reason. Titanic. Um, what else? I went to see, do you know the movie Tron for the 80s? Like, oh, the, yes. I went to the remake of that. Now, visually, that looks outstanding. But there's nothing to that film. That is a big empty void of a fucking movie. It's a waste of time and sp- like waste of everything, money, everything. They, they tried to make that a sequel to a movie that really couldn't be a sequel. Correct. Although the soundtrack was good. I'm sure Daft Punk did a whole album. I did that. So um, I'm going to throw in there a movie that I've never actually seen because I know it's a major, major flop. But I always remember thinking it looked really cool because I'm into all this kind of sci-fi or hero shit. But John Carter. Never seen it. No. One that I've just remembered, though, and I'm sure we all agree, Avatar. Avatar's all right. I could watch Shite. Avatar. Shite. I look forward to us reviewing the next ones when they come out as well. Can you think? Well, I'm trying to think of more visually stunning movies, so we've got a bit more to compare. Bonzi's like, I don't know what he's mean, visually stunning movies. Well, I know what you mean, but I've just got a shit memory, as I've already proven in the last <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> I have well, looked up to see what Prisoners is like, and you were right, Daniel, I did enjoy that one. That's well, my fun. I've got a list here of uh, 15 visually stunning movies. I see if any of them pop out to you as. Ones that you think are shite. So, Moonlight, never seen it. Never seen it. Gravity. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Because, so I remember getting so excited to go to the cinema to see that. Because, on the trailer, like, I thought this was Sansa Bullock. You know how there's a bit where, like, she goes off to her own and breaks off and she's stuck in, like, a little pod. I thought the whole movie was going to be her slowly drifting away into space and dying. And you just getting to watch her. And I thought that sounded so captivating. But in the end, it's like a fucking sci-fi hero movie where she gets to land back on Earth at the end. It's pish, terrible movie. Is it not, is it not like the opening of it is just like 20 minutes and nothing? Well, I wanted it all to be that. Yeah. Uh, that would be if it kept going like that for me. Could you imagine Sean reviewing that? Or <laughs> Bunsy? Do you know what I wanted to be? Oh, sorry, I'm going to go. Oh, we just had a thought there of what would movie that can't go now. The new Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movies? I've never seen. They're not a patch. I've watched maybe the first one or the first two of the newer ones. And although the 90s one, again, this nostalgia is just like, don't fuck with something that's already been done. You might have better looking dinosaurs, but it's not as... And again, I'm not the same age I was when they came out, so maybe some eight-year-old child would enjoy those now. Like I did when the first ones came out, but I just wasn't impressed with them at all. I agree on that. I would actually go as far as to say that they're visually not stunning. It's too CGI. Like they look like cartoon dinosaurs almost to me a wee bit compared to the old ones. This is back to the same age old argument we have all the time. Puppets are better than CGI. Oh, I've just remembered one that we watched the other week, and the only thing our doctor gave it credit for was the fact that the scenery, fucking the Hobbit. <laughs> nice scenery, uh, shite Bill. Yeah, look good in scenery. Well, on this list, I'm looking at it as well here. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth is on the list. Aye, good. Papa Burnsy can fuck off with his downgrading of that movie. <laughs> and I think after I realised that I actually enjoyed it, too, did you not tell me that I got like I scored like a three, three and a half or a four, and then I downgraded it? Aye, you you scored it one of the highest of all of us. You yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, the last one, the last one on this list is by our favourite director Wes Anderson. We've got the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I'd love us to review that. We should review that because if we want to get more hate on Instagram, that's definitely one for it. Well, everyone seems to think that we're looking to incite the hate anyway, so it makes sense for us to go out and do something like that. <laughs> well, we're about to go on another movie soon, but before we do. Because I know that we're not going to have much to say about this next film. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did the whole the actors thing. So yes. because we've got action and comedy coming up, I came up with two for us to see what you guys thought. Mm-hmm. So the first one being comedy would be Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Jack Black. Who would Jack you lose? Black. All day Jack long. Nah, Jack Black, I don't even know who that is. Well, we watched School of Dog. He also loved that. Oh, is that him? <laughs> but when he's got, Jack, Jack Black's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of movies, so you'd lose all of them. I don't know them, so... You would lose out some classics like uh, Natural Libre, King Kong, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda's brilliant. Armageddon, you'd lose Armageddon. Is he an American? Oh, no. <laughs> no he's, in, he's in Mars Attacks, which I got confused with Armageddon there, I think. Oh. <laughs> he's in, he's in Anchorman. different movies. What were you saying, Mars Kyle? Attacks and Armageddon. <laughs> no, I think, I think that one, Daniel, for me, is an absolute no-brainer. He's never been a one that I've really bothered about at all. It'd be really, really hard to get rid of Sandler. And we just talked about the impact it's had in our childhood in our previous episode. So that would be a hard one to stomach as well. And Jim Carrey falls into that category of like childhood comedy actor. And we touched on it with like the Me, Myself and Irene episode where you that's very impactful for our childhood. I don't think Jack Black reaches the, those heights. Comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. Every Jack Black film is better than Dark Crimes, so would you lose Jim Carrey now over Jack Black? Could you really get rid of, like, the mask? Yeah, Ace Ventura and all that. To me, Jim Carrey's up above Sandler, so like, he's well above Sandler for me. No, it's just Sandler then Carrey then, that boy for School of Rock. Well, so that one... got his name already. <laughs> so that's what might be more difficult then, because I did find it. I found it hard to think of a third comedy actor. To be honest, I thought about Will Ferrell, but I thought he would just go straight for Will Ferrell anyway. Um, but for action movies, so you can either lose Arnie, Stallone, or Bruce Willis. Oh, didn't do that to me. Um, my, my initial thought is to ditch. Arnie, but Commando was such a big part of my childhood and Last Action Hero. And Terminator. Jingle all the way. Aye, so Terminator obviously is a very, very iconic one, Um, but I'd I'd rather have Rocky than Terminator. Yes. See, I've not seen any of the Rocky, so I would say get rid of Stone. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just backtrack a little bit here. Wait. You've never watched <laughs> any of the Rocky movies. No. Well, that's sorry, Dave. We're doing that. We're doing that. That's one we're going to watch, not even in a vote. We're just going to pick it for Burnsy one week because that's Burnsy. You've yet to see your favourite movie because that is it. This is your favourite movie. It's, going, it's, it's actually got, offended me that you've not watched them. Goodness, <laughs> what? Do you know what I mean? Like, I assumed of all the movies in the no. world, I thought you would have seen that at least once. No. I, I cannot believe. I don't think I've even like turned it on and watched bits of it. I may be wrong, but I've definitely not watched a full film of it. So <laughs> I can't believe you get to experience Rocky for the first time. Yeah, I'm jealous. That's a <laughs> passion. Um, but Bruce Willis, you're losing Die Hard. You know, what else you lose? Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Unbreakable, The Sixth Sense. Oh, look fuck. who's talking. <laughs> um, what, so what I, I, there amongst that. 
Oh, Kinder Kindergarten Cop, you'd be losing that way, aren't you? Uh, so this one's easy for me. I would lose Bruce Willis because I don't have Die Hard as high as in my mind as everyone else. I think for most people, Die Hard's like the iconic action movie. Um, it's not up there for me. It's, it's amazing, but I could lose it. Hunter, Hunter That's because be- it's a, a crime thriller and not an action movie. I yeah. think for me, it's... Ask I, I could do that. You could ask. It's always going to be between either Arnie or Bruce, and I get we just change each day or each half hour depending on what I remembered and what I forgot. So for me, Stallone is the untouchable one in there. Then it's a much of much the other two. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just a too hard to split for me. I agree on that one. I would definitely keep Stallone top, but it burns his ditch and Stallone completely. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I would I would get rid of Willis. Aye, same. Well, hopefully, guys, uh, you we'll put this on the Instagram and you can have a have a go at who you would get rid of. Thinking especially yeah. those three for the action stars. Um, if you do decide on one you want to get rid of, let us know why. Uh, that'd be really really interesting to know. Because the next however long we're going to talk is not going to be that interesting for you. We are going to move on to our last movie uh, of tonight, which is Fantasia, out in 1940. Um, Over two hours long of a movie, which is a collection of animated interpretations of great works of Western classical music, ranging from the abstract to depictions of mythology and fantasy and settings including the prehistoric, supernatural and sacred. Um, and I'm going to lead again with uh, Sean's thoughts on this. I think that would be a good place to start, yeah? What I would do is just to see whatever he's typed, is just put that into Google and see if someone else has already reviewed it, just so the case he's avoided watching it. <laughs> well, I, I will be absolutely shocked if he's watched this. Um, sorry? That's what I was going to say. Before you give the, uh, his view, can we vote? Do we think he's actually watched it? Anyone think he has? I think no. he started and he just turned it off. Oh. Started and turned off would maybe uh, push what I think he's done. So I think he started and then, no, in fact, he's not turned it off. He's like, went on fast forward. I don't know if, like, and then he's probably thought in case there's anything that happens that he'll need to actually comment on. Oh, and maybe then, there's, like a, there's a YouTube shot that he's watched to watch it in 15 minutes or something. Well, or, or a YouTube review of some guy talking right. about it. And then Let me give you his first line, and then we'll pick up this discussion again. A two-hour-long 1940s cartoon with zero dialogue whilst watching in 2022. Yeah. But you see that first line? Is that not what you sent into the charts and, and then the burst it laughing thing that Sean having to watch it? Yeah, that's how I described it to Sean, so... <laughs> <laughs> There's not quite zero dialogue. There is some dialogue. Um, Aye. Plenty, like. Can't the guy who, you see the composer guy, he looks like a bad guy from one film and it's annoying me. Oh, I know it's who framed Roger that? Yes! yes. <laughs> he looks exactly like him. Yep. So, I'll read, I'll read the rest. So, Sean put, a two-hour-long 1940s cartoon with zero dialogue whilst watching this in 2022, what could possibly go wrong? A snooze fest. Not for me at all. Didn't like that. Uh, didn't feel like a film. Uh, I get that back then this would have been amazing, but as a 32-year-old man, you're maybe a bit older than that, Sean, watching this nowadays, I couldn't help but feel bored, tired, and unfulfilled. I watch movies and TV shows for the storylines, the actors and characters, but this just wasn't it. Really poor and feel like a waste of a pick for movie club. Bunzi, I'm going to come straight to you, and I'm going to assume this was a first-time watch. Oh, no, I watched this through my childhood. Like, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually hear the anger in your voice as you're thinking about this movie. It's just frustration. Like, I watched this today on a day off for work. <laughs> I uh, I don't know where to go with this. It's like I, 
I'm so glad that we said after we put this on the wheel that it was going off and it was never coming back on. And I've said this about some films before, and I seem to keep on threatening it and then never follow through with it. But these are one. Of, this is one of these weeks where I'm just like, what the fuck is the point of me watching these films? Like, I've wasted four hours of my life, well, two hours hating it, and I now are just thinking, I'm not enjoying this. I have no idea what's going on with the previous film. And this one is just a load of absolute nonsense. But Buzz, you're, you're missing out here. This is actually a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. This is highly thought of and highly regarded. This is one of these films that people just say they like it to sound smart when really deep down, if they had, if they went on a lie detector test or even had a word with their cell in the mirror, then they would realise that they think it's shite as well. Have a word with yourself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not looking forward to giving my, my thoughts on this, Bonzi. Um, like, I think it was, I think one of you's messaged me because I think it was you, Kel, said you still had an hour to watch. And I did somehow, well, I say I stuck with it. I had it on, I was listening. The music was all right, but the absolute rest of it, I was, it was an absolute farce. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Daniel? No, I just laughed at you. All right. Um, I don't really think I've got much to say after that. Give us some positives, Bonzi. Some positives. Yeah, what was your, your favourite song slash visual combination? The black screen when the film ended. <laughs> the black screen accompanied <laughs> by the sound of silence. The guy introducing the films, he was all right. Uh, the films? That's the worst bit. That's the worst bit. The only so there was a dialogue there. I had me thinking, oh, maybe this is going to change a wee bit. Maybe I'm in for a wee treat. And then back to the usual. Um, but no, it was just... It's, this is one of these, I said about Life of Pi, I could understand people who like that, even though it's not for me. This one, I'm bewildered that people enjoy this film. It just surely, you, surely you're giving it a couple of points for getting to see some gargoyle nipples. I think I was. I think I'd switched off at that point, so I was like listening, so I didn't even see them. But you went back and watched it now, haven't you? I saw the picture that you sent. That, that someone sent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mistaken. That was on your. It was in your room, Kyle. Moving on, Hunter. What was your thoughts? <laughs> um. See, it's weird. I always thought I used to love this as a child, but this is not the film I thought I used to love as a child. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, But I definitely have seen it before. But what I would say is a film that starts off apologising for what does they being a fucking big, dirty old racist before it has even happened. <laughs> you kind of set you up for the, the kind of... You've got that in your mind. Then you start watching and saying, oh, where's it? Where's it? Ah, there's the racism right there. Yeah. And I mean, just, you go. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, what it is is essentially, I understand what the plot is essentially just like a, an animated ballet slash bringing. I mean, when music was composed way back when, it was to tell a story. And obviously, that's what they've tried to do here. They've taken the original composer's ideas and made them animations and brought them to life for an extent. So maybe people who couldn't go to the ballet, it was maybe to make ballet a bit more accessible, perhaps, I don't know. So you've got to understand that, but obviously we're watching it in 2022 in colour. When this came out in 1940, they were in black and white, can you imagine watching that? <laughs> That's true. Oh, no, I think this, wait, wait now, so the first colour film was Wizard of Oz, which I think was before this. I would imagine this came out in colour at the cinema at least. You can look that up, Kyle. I can see. But you. the first ever VHSs of showings on British television surely would have been in black and white because when they get colour telly, like ah. the 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah. I think if you watched on TV right up until the 70s, it would be black and white. But I think if you'd gone to the, the cinema or the picture house back in the day to watch it, it would have been colour. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to know that. Yeah. I was just a thought popped in my head. I was just I, could, I would say, going by what was discussed in the chat during it, I was just kind of like, 
Oh, I'd imagine this in black and white. You can just imagine the scene. <laughs> but I mean, didn't get it wrong. Some of the stories are quite good, but I did. It's just I did feel like they dragged on. I mean, I have been to a ballet. I think I did go to see the Nutcracker once before, and I enjoyed that. But I enjoy more the Christmas Nutcracker because again, it's Christmas and warm, and you go get your hot chocolate and whatever. This just I don't know. It was so weird. But again, the wee cameo for Mickey, you enjoy that as a wee sort of slice of your childhood. Mm. But as again, similar to kind of what Sean says, trying to enjoy it as a fully grown adult male sitting in your bed in your pyjamas trying to watch this last night when the football was on. It felt like I was just getting in the way of me enjoying my normal day-to-day routine by watching it. Fair. I'm just uh, frantically searching along there because when you type when I typed in first Disney movie in colour, it comes up 1996 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, um, was it was which was a re-release. But it does say here that the 1940 film for Fantasia was definitely a colour film. It was shot in successive yellow, cyan, and magenta exposed frames, so it wouldn't look great. It was like no. uh, but old TVs only had those three colours. It was like a mix of whatever those three colours you could make, essentially. So see this movie, right? Now, fantasy movies, um, when, Dan- when Daniel puts it out there and says to us, like, pick your, pick your four movies, we're going to put them on Instagram, we're going to let Instagram decide. Uh, typically, we get one from each of us ends up in the final four. Um, but I don't know what's happened this week because... Both movies that we watched for this week were actually suggestions of mine, um, as much as Bungie loves it when I suggest a movie. Um, but I had in my mind Fantasia being, being excellent because I really loved the computer game. Um, so I don't know if you remember the old, uh, I think it might have been a Mega Drive or a Sega Genesis. Yes, Mega Drive. Computer mm-hmm. game. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And I just had this recollection that I thought this was brilliant but it was a rough watch like it was tough um this definitely took me a couple of days a couple of failed attempts of watching it um falling asleep maybe four or five times on different occasions but i was watching this film because i was trying to watch it without doing anything else to distract me um old lizzie popped my clogs today um gave me something to look at for my phone and some stuff to come through while i listened to the the music in the background for this, and it did lose me for lots of it. Um, perked up a bit when I seen Mickey, Mickey kicking at the screen about half an hour into it. Watched through all that section of it, no problem. Uh, when the dinosaurs popped up, I could only really think about The Land Before Time, and then I started Googling stuff about The Land Before Time. Um, I, I, I was using this movie as like a, a reference point for me to just start looking at other shit. And then... Uh, the, the, the said gargoyles with their bangers out. That was probably the only other bits that I can really remember from. And I watched the last hour of it today. Mm-hmm. No more thoughts? I, I, I don't think I've got any more to give for it, to be honest. Like, I, I, the Nutcracker music was quite good. There was little bits of music that kicked in that I feel like I remembered, and I, I, I go on all the time about not even paying attention to music in movies, so a lot of it meant fuck all to me, to be honest. Um, so it was a, a wasted watch on me, I believe, um, and I will go out and apologise on record for selecting this movie as part of the 16, but I will point the finger swiftly at Instagram for actually allowing this one to win. I think I would have much rather watched Maleficent. Yeah, I, I think, think that was another Instagram, another Instagram shit house would have picked the shape for us to watch, just so they can give us grief because we'd not score that as high as what they would score it. They no fine well of scoring with you. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, I've not argued with them for a while. Let's just pick them something shape to watch. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in and try and be the voice of these in here. Oh um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll mute on the new. <laughs> I had this on DHS when I was younger, though. But it, I'm 99.99% positive the version I had did not have the guy who frames Roger Rabbit appearing in between every. <laughs> yeah, explain it. 
Uh, I genuinely don't remember. I don't think that the version I had of this did not have the guy talking in between. It was. It just went from one video, one story to the next story to the next story, um, which I found a lot more enjoyable. And at once, once the guy stops talking, and it just gets into the actual little story. I find myself getting drawn in by them because it's a little story to music. The ones I don't like are the ones that are just like geometric shapes and like shit moving mm-hmm. about. That's what called for me. But um, the Mickey Mouse one, for example, the most iconic one, yeah. it goes perfectly with that music. And there's no dialogue, but you completely understand the story. You know exactly what's happening as you watch it, even though no one says a word. And to me, that deserves appreciation because... Uh, to do that and the amount of effort that's gone into this back in, in 1940 or whatever to do something that's still now in 2022 people would watch that particular part of this film and be able to enjoy it for me I don't understand how anyone would not have enjoyed at least enjoyed the Mickey Mouse bit did you enjoy that bit Burnsy or were you just not watching um, it was alright he's <laughs> no idea what you're talking about He's not no, I did. no, I did, to be honest. It's like I I was actually I was thinking like I've got I've got quite I, I was I left it quite late before the podcast. I was thinking I've probably got stuff I could actually do for an hour, but I thought I better not. So <laughs> the thing is if I didn't actually if I didn't watch it, I wouldn't be so frustrated right now actually spending two two hours of my life watching it. You know I what I mean? Not, um no, I'm not Bye. gonna get an amazingly high score like it's got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes like I don't think it's that but I do think it deserves a bit of appreciation for from what I can tell as well the music's been playing live being played live mm-hmm. at the time along with like you obviously get to see it as a finished product but the music's all been played live at the time to go along with it um, the bits that I did like were the Mickey Mouse bit the dinosaurs and the centaurs I like the centaur story Um with the little cherubs and all the women and the male fucking half horse, half men people and all the little sort of Greek mythology stories. I quite like that one. Um, but yeah, outside that, it does get a bit shitty and it's hard to sit through, especially with the guy coming in between and explaining why. And the, the annoying thing is the guy comes in in between and he tells you basically a bit about the next plot and the story. Mm-hmm. And it's for me. Let me just figure it out for myself. Like, fuck off, little yeah. fucking Roger Rabbit cunt. I'm sure he's like one of the world's most famous composers ever as well. Uh, of course he will be. He'll be top of the chain. What are you going to say, Burns? Uh, I was just going to say, I think uh, for me, um, also I mentioned that and said it was whatever. The parts that I think I needed because there's probably scenes in it that I don't know, maybe because of like you may have watched like loads of Disney films and maybe I don't know, maybe there is or maybe there isn't, but there's bits that maybe relate to as a bits relate to other films. I'm just making it up as I go uh, along here, but no, just Mickey Mouse. Apart from that, there's nothing mm-hmm. else. Whereas I think I it helped me a wee bit in terms of I needed that explanation, and I guess it probably if I wasn't enjoying a particular scene. Then if I was switching off and that guy came back and he was like, oh, here's something different, then it would grab my attention again. Whereas if, if because I wasn't enjoying it, as I've said, then I would have just carried on switching off. Because even if the music changed, then I might have still been like, oh, it's still the same, same stuff. And then carry on just like zoning out and all that. So I think that, that it, I guess it's different. I think if you're right into the film, then you don't need that. Whereas if you're like me, you probably do need somebody to, a way of sort of drawing you back in and getting your interest back. It definitely helped that I was stoned when I watched this, just to put it out. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that did play a big part in my enjoyment of it, because I was able to just sit and watch it and enjoy it and not Mm -hmm. be distracted and enjoy all the nice pretty colours on the screen and the nice music that takes you away in a different place. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to go on about it too much. I just think it's got its place. It's iconic. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows bits of it. Um, and in terms of like the interactive stuff and get to see shit like that on screen, like animated at the same time as like people, that was all, how groundbreaking that must have been at the time compared to now. Um, that's about all my defences of this film that I could muster up. Um, I do. It's a very acquired taste. I would imagine 99% of folk would hate it. 
you, you you sound very much like you're on the cuffs, Daniel. You sound like the people in our comment section. You forgot about how artistic this was. No, but I'm saying that's a bit I appreciated. I also, unlike him, don't think that people who think differently are incorrect because he's a wanker. <laughs> Please go to the comments. There's some recently added posts to see what we are talking about there. Well, <laughs> let's get to the scoring on there. I'm going to kick off with Sean's score straight away. Um, he's given it a 0 0.5 and put the brackets. It's still not as bad as Zulu Don. Yeah. Bonzi? 0 0.25, and I'll echo Sean's comment. <laughs> Hunter? I'm going to give it a 1.25, just because I've shot myself in the foot by giving French Dispatch a 1, so I think I can't go any lower than a 1 for any score ever now, so 1.25. <laughs> <laughs> well, what to do, Hunter, is watch French Dispatch again, and then tell us next time what, the, what your difference would be. Then I'll tell you how fantastic the greatest day two hours of cinematic history. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Wes Anderson uh, directed the remake of Fantasia. <laughs> oh, just I'll go join Lizzie. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to jump in and give it a one. There was there was definitely elements in it that I did enjoy, but it was a it was a hard watch, a hard watch. Daniel. A three for me, the highest of the last two episodes, a three. <laughs> You've actually jumped up from your uh, 2.75 by giving it a slightly higher score. Yes. Bonzi, what does that do to the overall? That's overall 1.2. 1.2. Guys, want to have another stab to see what that then puts us beside? Um, Too high. <laughs> low, then I'm going to go for. That could be close. I feel like something we watched recently was doing that in the Ecclewood, so I can't think what. Uh, Buster Scruggs. Oh, Good no. Shit. What's that uh, Nick Cage film that we watched? Where was the... Kick-Ass. Or whatever, the archaeologist, whatever that was. National that? Treasure. Aye. Good show. Well, Hunter, you are the closest. Um... So National Treasure was a 1.05, and then the next closest to it was also a movie that I want to point out that you shot all over, uh, called Point Break. Oh, no, no, I didn't shit all over that. <laughs> We've seen all your secret messages in the group chat about how only idiots like Point Break, is. I think that's, I think that's a direct <laughs> quote. Um, <laughs> but don't worry, don't worry. It depends what one of Laura's personalities is listening to, right, Hunter? That's true, yes. <laughs> But you were close, very close. Both of you were close. Fear of Loving was just at a one, slightly behind National Treasure. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs up to a 1.4. It's funny because we, we know the shit movies, we know the good movies, but see the 120 movies in between that, we're a bit clueless on. <laughs> well, that does bring us to the end of uh, our fantasy week. So... Movies were coming up for next week. Do we have them yet? I don't think we do. No, the vote will be going up imminently. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and we're go we are going to give a wheel spin for just getting the categories so we get a little bit further in front. So we have action movies that are coming up in the vote next. Then we are going to be having um, comedy just after that. And then we had westerns, which was selected on last week's episode. And the wheel is spinning to see what we're going to get for this week. And we're yeah. going to go straight from westerns to historical movies. <laughs> Bunsen's having an absolute nightmare with the selections of movies that are coming up. I'm just so, doing a two-week holiday now. Like, I'm just putting myself all inclusive somewhere. I'm not watching them. these two sets of movies coming up. No, no, I think you're going to be genuinely surprised because there's been loads of stuff you've thought, oh, because this was set in the past, I wouldn't like it, but I actually liked it. There's going to be oh. stuff like, um, and I think what a Western is in your mind is just like cowboys shooting Indians and boring, but there's all different types of Westerns. There's all different levels. It'll be good. Because that's, that's usually the Westerns that you've picked. <laughs> no, the ones that I've had before that you've... Put on the votes, which is cowboys shooting Indians. 
Um, no, it's not. The Battle of the Buster Scrubs had uh, a guy with no arms and legs getting chucked in the liver. That was nothing so to do with awesome. Kenny Thompson. Forgot how much love that one. Give it a big fat zero. Time in the West if you want a little bit of comedic choice in there. If you get some comedy stuff, but I'm thinking Young Guns could go in there. That's kind of like more modern than that. You quite like Young Guns, I think. Right. Could yeah, add a for historical. We could put Capone on that one. Uh, <laughs> get that to fuck. I mean, how how are we categorizing historical? Is it just a film that was released in the past, or a film based on something that's happened in the past? Yes, based on historical events. On that note, I need to go for the past. You can finish it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does bring us to the end, guys. Uh, Daniel is quickly vacating the. The, the recorder at the moment but if you want to keep in touch with Daniel on our Instagram please just jump on to Moron Review Movies on Instagram uh, get involved with the voting as well so if you want us to watch movies and it typically sounds like you hate us by choosing things like Fantasia for us to watch when there was f- 14 other movies that we could have we could have had there so that is you guys to blame but thank you very much for the votes that you have been doing thank you very much for listening and as morons bid you farewell. Can't you if I've seen it? Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron, that's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron! Dropped it. Moron. Whoa! Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Me down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.